This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 226. Hey, veterinary friends, welcome to the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast. Today, I have something a bit different for you. Uh, I did this once before and I really enjoyed it, so I thought I might try it again. What I'm going to do is go through a book with you that I just finished reading. It's an older book, like almost 20 years old now, so many of you have probably not read it. But I read it, I think, for the first time last weekend. I may have read it years ago, um, but I didn't really remember. So I read it again, and I loved everything about it. So I thought it would be a great idea to share it with you on the podcast. That way, you can either read it if you like what I'm telling you, or you can decide not to read it based on um, the information you get from me. Maybe I can do the Cliff Notes version for you so you don't have to read it. Anyway, it's called Today Matters, and it's written by John Maxwell. One of my earlier podcasts, um, I did go through another book of John's on leadership. And if you don't know who John Maxwell is, um, let me share him a little bit with you. John is one of the foremost speakers and thought leaders that writes and speaks on leadership, and he's been doing it for years. He started his career as a pastor, and he transitioned into working mostly with business leaders and teaching leaders. So he has a lot of really good things to say about leadership, which is one of the reasons why I like his books. He's been an author for many, many years, a speaker for many, many years, and he's written tons of books. I don't even know how many. Well, last week I was looking for something to read on the plane because we were traveling and we have all these books on our bookshelf and my husband has a lot of books by John Maxwell. So I just grabbed this one because I like the title and um, I read it. So I'm going to use John's book to kind of start the conversation with you and try to bring you some real world examples for us as veterinarians and people that work in our industry to go with John's recommendations. So I hope you enjoy this. Before we go there, I want to take today's opportunity to ask you for a favor. See what I did there? Today's opportunity. I want to ask you to help me out by going to my website and signing up for my Wednesday Weekly Words. I do these every week, and they're just short emails that offer some words of encouragement about my topics. And you can just leave your email address there, and they'll start coming to you every Wednesday morning. Um, Also, I'm working on getting more videos onto my YouTube channel, but I need more subscribers. So if you could go to YouTube and look for Julie Capel YouTube, um, go there and subscribe to that channel. Um, It was kind of banned by um, YouTube because my music was copyrighted. My son wrote it and then he copyrighted it. Um, so even though it's mine and I have permission to use it, YouTube doesn't like it that we use this music. So anyway, we're trying to kind of transition off of, of the music, at least for YouTube. Um, but 
since it's flagged, I've kind of had a hard time getting going with the YouTube channel. So you can watch the podcast there if you want. All my interviews are going up there as I can get them up. Um, But subscribe for me if you would. Also, if you know of any other veterinarians or veterinary teams that would enjoy the podcast, share these podcasts with them. The more people that we can reach and support, the better our profession will do, right? That's what this is all about. Okay, so let's talk about why Today Matters. That's the name of the book. Everybody wants to have good or great days, but we often don't know what that means to us. Do we mean that everything needs to go well? Do we want to be productive, successful, relaxed, and calm? Do we want great weather? Do we want all the clients' needs to be met? Do we want all the clients to be nice? Do we not want no complaints, no bad reviews, no complications, no pets that we can't cure or help? All team members need to be happy and grounded. Is that our idea of success? We don't want grumpy or negative team members. That's what we kind of need to decide. We need to have a definition of what is a successful day. What is your definition of success? And if you're anything like me, you will want success to mean productivity. How much did we get done? How much money did we bring into the practice if you're a hospital owner? When I schedule my day, I want to do all the things. I want to get it all done, even if it's impossible. I want to practice and serve my clients well when I'm at the hospital. I want to be present for my family. I want to run the perfect business and the perfectly clean home. I want to have all the successful relationships and lead a successful team. I want everyone to like me and feel supported by me. So my point is that we have this ideal that we're striving to meet that is usually physically and emotionally impossible. We have these pictures in our head of other people that have amazing lives and take full advantage of their total day and they're super organized and they get everything done, but then it's not really true. It's an impossible standard that we're setting up for ourselves. So John explains that we often have this habit of focusing on our past yesterday and judging ourselves for our past failures, which is totally a waste of time. We can learn from our past mistakes, but judging ourselves is not conductive to growth and change. It's not conducive to learning, right? It's one of those things that we think sounds great, but it really isn't because judging and trying to go back and beat yourself up for things that happened earlier in the day or yesterday or a week ago or months ago just isn't going to take full advantage of what time you have right in front of you today. We also tend to overestimate what tomorrow will bring, often in a negative way. We have this very deeply ingrained negativity bias, and if we don't train ourselves to be more optimistic about our future, it will affect severely what we do today. Have you ever had those days where you're like, oh, why does it matter? Because tomorrow I just have to go to work. Or I don't really feel like doing that, so I'm just going to lay here on the couch and watch Netflix because tomorrow isn't going to be any better. Like I still have to go to work and it's still going to be bad and all the clients are going to be mean. You know, we have these stories in our head that aren't really true, but we have a tendency to believe them because that's how our brain is wired. 
So if we learn to manage our today to the best of our ability, it will set us up for success and help us to create the better future that we actually want. Looking towards the future is helpful only in setting your goals, your future goals, and then using those goals to create the daily routine for today is where the magic is. And that's basically what this book that John wrote is all about, is just being present in your today so you can use this day to set you up for better tomorrows, which is really cool, right? So it all comes down to what we're doing today. And this is what John says. He says, how would you like every day to possess possibilities Remain focused in front of you, enjoy good health, exhibit emotions and stability, possess tenacity in your day, have a sense of inner peace, experience more fulfillment, feel more significant, and then learn and grow. How would you like every day to contain all of that? So that's where the work comes in. The secret to being successful in what you want is grounded in your daily routine, taking advantage of your today. Do you know those people that you see that get up at 5 a.m. and they work out and then they meditate and they get their family breakfast, like, like actually cooked breakfast, they get their kids dressed immaculately out the door, then they get ready for work and they have makeup on, they grocery shop on the way home, they get home from work, they cook, they get the kids off the bus. Like we're jealous of those people, right? We're jealous of those that look more organized than we are and are working harder than we are. And we think they're better than us, but they're not. We in our jobs, if you work in a veterinary hospital, save lives for a living. And that's one of the best things that any human can do. So just knowing that whatever you're doing right now is great, and you just want to make it a little bit greater, is the way to think about it. No shame for what your day looks like. If the neighbor looks like they're doing better than you, they're probably not. They're probably stressed out as well. But just knowing that you have such an important job to do, and that you are out there doing something that most people couldn't do will actually help give you a boost and help you look at your past in terms of success and then make changes just based on wanting to grow and get better. So we don't want to shame ourselves into using our todays. We want to just get more grounded in our routine. So organizing and taking full advantage of your today It has no rights or wrongs. There's no right or wrong way to do that. But you want to think about it and create it for yourself so that you can progress to the places that you want to go. And then your definition of success can be fulfilled. Okay, so the first step in creating your successful daily routine is first making a decision once all the important decisions once, then managing those decisions daily. That's what John teaches us. If you have predetermined ideas about what you want to create for your life, then you can just manage those daily. And that's kind of what he means by that. So what I want you to do is take some time to discover what you really want in your life. 
your values, your goals, your family structure, your relationships, what kind of home do you want to have, what do you want it to feel like, all the things that are important to you, not the neighbors, not the guy next to you at work or the girl next to you at work. I want you to know what's important to you. So you need to start to make a list of all your wants and needs and then focus on arranging your day around meeting those needs and those wants. And if you know your key values and the ideals that you want to live by and make these key decisions once, you won't be bogged down daily trying to make these same decisions over and over again. I often said this in my hospital. It's like, let's make a decision at a team meeting about how we're going to handle a certain situation so everyone's on the same page. So we've made this decision that our core value is we're not going to lie to clients about whatever, or I'm using that as an example, but our core values are this, and we make those decisions. Or our core value is we get out of work on time, and so we're not going to take any clients after a certain time, 5.30 or 6 or whatever your boundary is. And so making those pre-decisions up front will help you stick to your goals and your ideals when you get in the weeds today. And that's kind of what John means by this. A quote from his book says, successful people make right decisions early and manage those decisions daily. So for example, if one of your values, your personal values is physical health, and you decide early on that you value daily exercise, you've already determined that today you must include exercise. There's not a debate that you're going to go for a walk or ride your bike or do yoga or create some physical activity for yourself to keep your healthy body. You've already decided. Maybe you've pre-decided that you do not drink soda. Then the choice is easy when someone suggests that you have a soda. And you can just say, no, I don't drink that. I'll have some water instead. Easy. No mental turmoil. No ifs, ands, or buts. No decisions to make. And taking those decisions off your brain frees up your brain to make the other decisions that you need to make in your day. Because we all have that decision fatigue at work, right? We've got to make so many decisions. So the more things that you can get as your core beliefs and your core values, the easier it will be when decisions have to be made. And you can basically pre-make them. So these are really easy examples. But if you adhere to those pre-made decisions, your life will be smoother. And you're going to enjoy your day more. Another thing that I thought of when I was reading this chapter is it's possible that we can pre-decide that we want to treat every client with firm kindness, even the terrible ones. Is it possible? If you pre-decided that you have this value, it will be easier to handle bad clients emotionally and mentally. I really think that's true. It doesn't mean that you have to take their abuse. Maybe you have to set a set of standards for firing clients, decide those ahead of time. And when that client meets the criteria, you can just let them go without drama, without worrying about it. I see so many posts on social media of veterinarians worrying about firing clients or worrying about what they should do about a mean client. If you've already decided ahead of time, you're going to have no drama no anger, just the sentence, thank you for swearing at me and my team 
After I asked you to stop, now I can no longer serve you. Here are your records to find another hospital that may be a better fit for you. And if you have that predetermined decision or predetermined boundary and you've communicated it to the clients and the team that you know, you're going to let them go if they're not kind, then those kind of predecisions empower your team and you and makes for a better hospital culture. So rule number one is make better decisions today to improve your tomorrow. And you don't make decisions because they're easy or they're cheap or they're popular. You make them because they're right. Right for you, right for your values, right for what you want in your life. And you're the most important person. You are. So just remember that. I think sometimes we forget that we are first. So with all that being said, John has a list of 12 critical areas to work on in your life. These are his that make today matter to build a strong future. So like I said, these are his. So you have to build your own list. But I think this is a really good list. So if you want to borrow some of these from John, I think it would be appropriate. And you don't have to have 12. You can have 10. You can have five. Whatever makes you comfortable. He calls it, um, I think, his daily dozen. Anyway, so here they are. Attitude. Display the right attitude daily. Priorities. Determine and act on important priorities daily. Health. Follow healthy guidelines daily. Family. Communicate and care for your family daily. Thinking. Practice and develop it. Develop good thinking daily. Commitment. Make and keep proper commitments. Finances. Make and manage finances properly. Faith. Deepen and live out your faith. Relationships, initiate and invest in solid relationships daily. Generosity, plan for and model generosity. Values, embrace and practice good values. And his last one is growth. Seek and experience improvements daily. So that's John's daily dozen. When it comes to making today matter for him, this is what he does. You can use this list or come up with your own. You can have a completely different list. It totally sounds different than that, but spend some time thinking on it. And if you know that each day you're working towards these 12 things, or 5 or 10, you'll be much closer to making today count towards building your future successes. And this is the beginning of being disciplined and building a life that you really desire. So, How do we start? And that's the hardest thing always, right? I find myself struggling to keep my commitments to myself almost every day. Like I'll say, okay, today I'm going to meditate and I'm going to ride my bike and then I'm going to write and I'm going to record a podcast. You know, I have this ginormous list of things that I want to do. And then sometimes I struggle, right? I'm like, oh, I don't feel like it or it's raining so I can't bike ride, all that stuff. So just remember that when you start taking this kind of journey towards change, your brain has this motivational triad, it's all, it's all built in, that wants you to avoid pain, seek pleasure, and conserve energy. That's that triangle of motivation, right? Your brain naturally wants to do these three things. It's a natural barrier to progress, and we all have it. So getting over that motivational triad is what we have to do. So don't be surprised when you make these commitments to yourself and then you don't want to follow through. 
The good news is that your higher brain has the ability to override this motivational triad, right? So if you're feeling unmotivated, if you're feeling kind of slow and sluggish and you don't want to attack your day, don't really be surprised. Just be like, oh, hello, Chihuahua brain. Thanks for that lack of motivation. I understand that you're trying to keep me away from pain and conserving my energy, but today I'm deciding to use this day for what I want. As you start, just start with one of your values or one of your daily dozen that's most important to you. Maybe it's attitude because I really like that one. I think if we can get our attitude better that all things will be better. I know that when I give myself an attitude adjustment I'm much more successful on getting through what I want to get through in the day and then feeling better about it, right? So if we can change our attitude about anything, it makes life better. If you're a pessimist, start using your day to become more optimistic. If your team members get on your nerves, try to come up with some new thoughts that help you have a better outlook or attitude towards your team. If you feel your brain working against you at the beginning of the task, change your attitude and it will help you get started. Only a baby step will move you forward. So changing one thought at a time and then building on them, it will give you a more optimistic attitude or more optimistic thoughts. And if there's an area in your life that you feel is consistently bringing out a bad attitude, work on that one first. Like I am one of those people that's not a morning person, so I I have always really hated getting up in the morning and getting out of bed early, especially when it's cold outside. And I live in Michigan most of the year, and in Michigan, it's cold in the morning. So when I decided that I needed to get up earlier to be more productive and stop oversleeping, my attitude was that of, you know, I don't want to do that. And once I decided, okay, if I get a better attitude about mornings, if I think differently about what it means to get up in the morning or what I can get done in the morning, I will no longer struggle with hitting the snooze button. And I may still have to set an alarm on some of those days, but when I feel my bad attitude creeping in about mornings, I have to remind myself that getting up and getting moving is a value that I have and that it will make my today better if I just do it. Now, if you're struggling with a bad attitude about something, one way to change it is to look at someone else that you admire with a great life attitude. You can model your behavior after them. Fake it till you make it is what my tap dance friend and I always say when we're trying to learn a new tap routine is we don't really get it. But if we just kind of move our feet until we get it, we're faking it till we make it. And it kind of makes our attitude better because then we don't quit. We just keep practicing. So if you can look at someone else that you admire that has the quality that you want to develop in yourself, then you can practice imitating their attitude, imitating their actions. And even if it's not yours, it will bring help and it'll bring you to be more optimistic. So find someone at your practice that you admire that has a great attitude. Find someone, you know, it can be a celebrity, it can be um, a public figure, a speaker, you know, if, if you like Brene Brown or, you know, just find somebody that inspires you and kind of mimic their life. And that will help you take a baby step, a step to a better attitude. Another way that you can change your bad attitude is to practice looking for gratitudes 
or for positive things that are happening in your day, things that you can feel positively about. Train your brain to look for the good and that will dilute the bad, right? It sounds really trite, but it works. It's kind of like what we were taught in veterinary school. Dilution is the solution to pollution, right? So if you can dilute the negativity in your brain with more solutions or more positive thoughts, it will get rid of that negative pollution, if that makes sense, right? And that that's how our brain works, is feeding more positivity to it will kind of tamp down the negativity. doesn't mean it's going to go away. It always means that you're going to probably have it there, but the more you work on it, the easier it will be to keep that great attitude. So that's attitude. What about values and priorities? Why are they part of John's daily practice list? I think it's because if you have strong values and you know what your priorities are in life and you keep those in mind, it helps you make stronger decisions and also keeps you focused on your tasks for today. So if you want to make a million dollars, how do you do that? Save and invest your dollars every day, right? If financial stability is a priority for you, you'll work on your daily finances and budget every day. You'll be less likely to swing by Starbucks and pick up that $7 coffee drink. You'll remain mindful of your money if that is your value. So just keeping those priorities helps focus your brain. We know that we don't have time to do everything, right? So prioritizing our daily list helps us manage life. Now, I love a clean house, but my priority is getting my coaching work done, caring for my coaching clients on the days that I do work at the hospital, caring for my clients, and caring for my family. So when it comes to the choices about how how I'm going to spend my days, the house cleaning will always be lower on my list than writing a podcast or coaching someone or attending to one of my kids or my husband. It doesn't mean that my house is a pigsty now, that I just live in filth. That's not true. I still have to clean it. I still have to, you know, live a semi-clean life. So what I have to do is put that clean house as a low priority, but maybe schedule it for 30 minutes to an hour of cleaning every day. But I schedule it after the podcast is done. So after I get done recording this podcast, my next step is to go grocery shopping. And then I have to clean our deck because we're having people over this weekend and our deck is a mess. So two things can be done, but one is the priority. This podcast is the priority, so the house cleaning has to wait. When my kids were very young, I struggled to keep up with my house cleaning. And then I had to choose between spending time with my kids when I wasn't at work or maybe spending money on getting a house cleaner so I could spend time with my kids. So when my kids were little, I decided that it was worth the money to hire somebody to come in every other week to just kind of do the bathrooms and vacuum and do some basic cleaning. So my priority was time over money. And I value both. I love money. I love to make money and spend money. But I decided that my kids were more important and I valued having time with them over the money I was going to spend on a housekeeper. And I kind of do that now. I really dislike grocery shopping. I don't like going to the grocery store. I don't like walking up and down the aisles. Maybe on rare occasions I enjoy it, but it's just not one of my favorite things. And so if I can pay Instacart an extra 10 bucks or whatever to drop all my groceries on the front porch, it saves me so 
much. And I have a better attitude because I don't spend three hours in the grocery store looking for something that I can't find. And I get them delivered to my door so I don't have to drive anywhere. It's amazing. So grocery shopping is not a priority for me. So that's what I mean. You have to create create a priority list and that will help you make your decisions and then schedule your day. So to create priorities, John in his book lists some questions that you can ask yourself. And I thought these might be helpful to you when you're doing your own priorities. So the first one is, what is required of me? What do you have to do? Because there are always things in life that you have to do, right? You have to brush your teeth. You have to take care of your kids. You have to get them to school. You have to feed everybody. Like there's so many things that you have to do. So what is required of me? And then what gives me the greatest return on my investment of time? And then the third question is, what gives me the greatest reward? What do I enjoy the most? What do I what do I want the most? And so those three questions will really help you sort out your priority list. So when you have this big to-do list in front of you, ask yourself those three questions. What's required? Because obviously that has to be done and that has to go on your schedule. And then what gives me the greatest return? What gives me the greatest reward? He also recommends that we spend time working in our areas of strength rather than trying to be everything to everybody because it's impossible for us to be great at everything. And this is a tough one because we're all perfectionists. We have this veterinary brain that wants us to be good at everything. And the truth is we're not good at it. If you can determine your strengths and let someone else work in your area of weakness or hire someone else, you can really buy yourself back some of your today. You don't need to spend a lot of time getting good at the things that you really don't enjoy or you really don't have to do. So hire a bookkeeper, a manager, a housekeeper, a babysitter, a landscaper, whatever it is that you need help with, and then allow yourself to work in your areas of strength and get better at the things that you really want to do and that you're really good at so you can become uber successful at those things, right? So that means giving up control, which is very difficult but it will buy you back some of your time and some peace of mind. So know your values, know your priorities, and then schedule your time with those things in mind. So I'm just going to briefly go through a couple of these um, values of John's and give you some examples on what I think they mean. And then you can decide for yourself. But John talks about these things. So the first He's, he talks about families and relationships, health and mental health and physical health, commitment and learning and generosity and faith. So remember that I told you that that's his list and yours is yours. After reading this, I reevaluated my daily commitment list and it was very similar, but a little different than John's. So it's very true to me and my values and priorities. So I'm going to skip over the family and relationship piece because I think that it's a little bit self-explanatory, except to say that relationships take action and effort. I actually write in my bullet journal the days that I want to call my family members or reach out to friends. It, that is not a strength for me. I'm not naturally, I'm naturally gregarious. I love to be with people, but I'm not great at being intentional about scheduling those things or reaching out. And I want to be intentional. So I make it intentional. So if you have a problem with a relationship or you feel like you're kind of like me and it doesn't always pop into the forefront of your mind, come up with a way to keep yourself accountable. 
and I actually write it down. It's like, oh, I got to text the kids today or I got to call my mom today or, you know, really trying to be intentional about reaching out to those people that are important to me. And then I have to work at it because it isn't a natural thing for me. I get focused on what I want to do, not what I want to do for my relationships and for others. So with that being said, let's jump to mental and physical health. And I think this is one that a lot of us struggle with. But I would argue that it's really the most important if you want to have a successful life. The fact that you're still listening to me go on and on about this book is a testament to your commitment to learning and growing. So congratulations for that. But if you feel that you want to take better care of your physical or mental body, you have to schedule it into your day. Make it a priority. What do you want as your goal? And how are you going to make it happen? With me, sometimes I have to get coached or I have to ask my husband to keep me accountable. My dogs help keep me accountable to walk every day because they bug me to go walk, right? And that helps. I've committed to doing more yoga in the last year. So that's always on my list. At least every other day, I try to do a little yoga video on YouTube. Um, And I like yoga with Adrienne, if anybody doesn't know who she is. She's awesome. So whatever it is for you, make one of your priorities to make today matter to your physical and mental health. Just remember that better health leads to more success always, and your better attitude will ultimately create a better, longer life for you, right? Okay, so the next one is generosity and faith. Now, this one is kind of very deeply personal, and there's no right or wrong, except to say that generosity with your time, money, relationships, and work leads to more happiness, and studies have shown that. So if you can incorporate a little bit of generosity in some way into your day, sharing your time, sharing your knowledge, sharing your money, whatever it is, it will help create a better life for you. And that's all I'm going to say because faith is very personal and you have to decide that for yourself. But think on those things. Okay, the last thing I want to talk about briefly is what if something's going wrong in your life? How do you deal with it? How do you deal with disasters? What if you're having a bad day? How do you design your day to keep your priorities and keep your today mattering when you have a bad day? And my answer would be feel your negative emotions and accept them. Accept that life will throw bad things at you. It's necessary for us to feel pain in life. And I don't know why. I don't know that anyone does. The only logic that I can lead to why we have to feel bad pain or have disasters is that it's to teach us lessons. It's to teach us patience. It's to show us where the joys are in contrast to the disasters and the misery, right? Nobody likes it. Nobody likes that life is this way. And no one navigates it perfectly. So don't try to do that. Just accept that life can be terrible, And terrible things can happen to really good people. I have some really good people in my life that are experiencing terrible, terrible tragedies. And so I just have to feel sad for them and feel that negative emotion and allow it to be with me, but not cave to it, not let it destroy my day and the fact that I want to use this day So when disaster strikes for me, I'm going to be prepared. I'm going to know what to do. That kind of thought process. So whatever works for you, but that kind of works for me. So the other thing you can do is ask for help 
and get support from others. And that is my best advice. Once you emerge from a fog of negativity or disaster, look for the lessons in it. So experience it, experience the bad, but then ask yourself if there's anything you can learn or maybe just appreciate your strength for making it through the disaster. Appreciate that you made it. And I've lived long enough now to realize that I'm so blessed, even with the terrible things that I have dealt with in my life. It's never fun, but I know that tomorrow always contains hope because I've seen myself go through really terrible things and come out on the other side a better human. So if you're in a big hole now and you're feeling stuck or trapped, be sure to reach out to someone else for help. There's no magic in who you reach out to. Just find someone that you feel comfortable with. It's part of the human experience. And many, many of us are in the world that want to help you. And there are people right there in your line of vision, probably on most days, that would love to help you. So there's so many things in this book. There's so much more, right, to help you get started today to make your life better. But I don't want to take hours to read the whole book to you. You don't want to hear me do that. So I may come back to it again on another podcast. There's a lot more really good life lessons in here, but I think we made a good dent in it. So let me just recap um, kind of some of the steps, and then I've got a few quotes from the book. So the steps are define the success that you want for yourself. Really take some time to figure that out. Then set some goals for your future. Where do you want to go? And it doesn't have to be super specific if you don't know. Like so many people come to me and they say, well, I don't know what I want to do later in my life. It doesn't matter. What do you want to develop in yourself to be ready for that future if you haven't decided what it is yet? So set some goals, work on your values, and and then in those values, work on your priorities. And the fourth one is realize that your attitude determines your results. Number five, make yourself a daily dozen list like John and keep it in your daily journal or in front of your face some way so you know what you've committed yourself to. Keep those daily practices close. And then once you know your goals and dreams, start taking a little bit of action every day and adhere to those daily practices. And if you miss one or you mess up or something happens in your day to pull you off track, don't quit. Just go back to those every day and start again. The more you start again, the easier it will get to keep them every day. And then my last piece of advice is if you're struggling, Put your hand out to someone and tell them you're struggling and get some help. Okay, I have a few quotes from the book for you and see if these resonate with you. Um, And the first two are from John Maxwell. So the first one says, experience isn't always the best teacher. Evaluated experience is. And that's true, right? We really got to think about things and figure out what happened and what are we going to learn from it. The second one is, the thoughts in your mind will always be more important than the things in your life. And that's a really hard one to to kind of grasp, right? We don't think that our thinking is so important, and it really, really is. Okay, my next quote is from Jim Rohn, and it says, In order to do more, I've got to be more, which is super cool. I just like that one. And then the last one is by Earl Nightingale. And it says, if a person will spend one hour a day on the same subject for five years, that person will be an expert on that subject. And how cool is that, right? It's really, really an interesting thing to think about because sometimes we think that, you know, one hour doesn't matter at all. 
And um, just that little bit of time that you invest in yourself every day is going to pay off in spades if you just keep doing it. Okay, so my homework for this week and my homework too, your homework and my homework, is to look at our daily schedules and our daily routines and ask ourselves, is it serving me and is it serving my future? Am I using my today and making it matter? If not, then we need to work towards those changes. Make your daily practice list and start working on it every day until you start to see the real change. And if you're in need of coaching, I've said this before on the podcast, but I'm going to say it today. You can go to my website, juliecapel.com or veterinarylifecoach.com, and I have a spot there where you can sign up for a free coaching session. If you've never been coached and you just want to see what it's all about or you think you might be needing a coach, um, reach out to me and I'll help you get started. Also, if you wouldn't mind leaving me a five-star review for the podcast, it would really help. I'm really trying to get this podcast out to more veterinary teams so we can help them learn and grow. Thanks so much for listening to me today. I thought this was really fun. I hope you do too. And um, we'll either talk about this book again the next time I'm on the podcast, or hopefully I'll read another one. And if you like this, leave me some comments or send me an email and let me know if you enjoy this kind of book review type of podcast. Have a beautiful week, everyone. Bye.